Hey everybody, and welcome to Parents' Night. Tonight is night one. How do you feel about this, Marlena? Good. Good. I'm excited about this. Uh, now we're going to be kicking off Parents' Night with a series that we're calling Make Sense. And the focus of this series is to ask ourselves the question, does how we're living really make sense? And we're going to be exploring this through the lens of parenting and raising the rising generations. Now, this is not meant to be a doom and gloom focus. Uh, we're about hope, we're about growth, we're about walking this journey together. But as we start all this, I think, I think it's important that we, uh, we're aware of what we're facing. Uh, there's a study that came out uh, a while back called Hemorrhaging Faith. And in it, they revealed the sobering research on Canadian-raised Christians from 18 to 34. They say for every five Catholic and mainline Protestant kids who attended church in the 80s and 90s, only one still attends at least weekly. And for those raised in evangelical traditions, it's one in two. So we're a little better there. We're a little more lucky. Um, and that's not all, though. Most of those who have quit attending church altogether have also dropped their Christian affiliations. They don't consider themselves Christians. It's not like they're, they're just distant from the faith. They, they dropped their faith altogether. Now, to put that in context for you and for me, that means that uh, if something doesn't change, Half of my kids, half of your kids, they will become infrequent, disconnected, and even leave the church altogether. Now, I bring this up uh, for us to see that there, there's definitely something wrong. What we're currently doing isn't working. And as much as I'd like to say that, you know, since hemorrhaging faith is, is nearly 10 years old, that things have gotten better. But the problem is, from what I've seen in the, the world of youth and young adult ministry, it's actually gotten worse. Now, there's an old saying that says insanity is doing the same thing over and over and hoping or expecting different results. Now, I think if we want to see something different, a change has to happen. There's another saying that goes something like this. If you want what no one else has, then you have to do what no one else is doing. If we want to change these numbers in our families and see a different outcome in our churches and community, then we need to look at what we are doing and be willing to adjust and grow into better. Absolutely. Now, I've been listening to a podcast called uh, Discipleship Parently, Parenting a lot recently, uh, and they put it like this. We don't want to live like everyone else. We want to do what truly makes sense. Now, I believe that, that those of you who are here and those of you who are watching are interested in doing what truly makes sense. We're interested in raising our children well and helping them grow into their faith and in their lives in, in ways that really matter. So I want to thank you for, uh, for taking the time to watch this and, and engage in the conversation. Now, here's the thing. Positive change needs leaders. As parents, we have the most influential voice in our children's lives. Now, there's this thing where that does tend to, to shift a bit in the later teenage and young adult years. But believe it or not, your voice is still deeply impactful in their lives, even, even as they, they start to distance themselves from you. And uh, before I go on, I feel I should clarify. When I say, uh, say voice, I don't just mean what you say. I mean the example that we set uh, by both our words and our actions. You see, what we say matters the most when it lines up with our actions. Now, like I said, positive change needs leaders. And in our homes, in your homes, you have the ability to be that leader. A few days ago, me and Ryan 
uh, we're doing devotional or our devotional together when something jumped out to us. Every family has a culture. Each and every family represented here has our own way of doing life. Our families are a collection of a bunch of different human beings all trying to live in some semblance of peace and sanity together. We have our own routines, schedules, our struggles and celebrations. We have our versions of normal and comfort. But here is the thing, when it comes to our family's culture, we have to learn how to define it or it'll define us. What I mean by that is, if we aren't intentional about what we are trying to move towards, often we'll end up wandering without direction. Without a destination or focus, most of us just end up existing and waiting for the next weekend or holiday where we imagine relaxing or doing our own version of fun. But if we want to do something that has real value, it takes more than just, just wanting it. Now, the thing about our, our family cultures is they're often a lot like, like soil. With the proper cultivation, we can see amazing things grow and flourish. Uh, an intentional gardener, gardener, they go and they set out the boundaries for their garden. They remove things that hinder growth and, uh, and they'll nourish and cultivate what is growing so that it will become even more fruitful. Now, this is our role as parents in our family. Now, we've been set up as leaders in our households, um, but the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we being intentional? Are we leading our families, our family cultures, or are we being led by the flow of life? Now, speaking of flow, uh, this reminds me of uh, swimming lessons as a kid. I don't know how many of you guys took swimming lessons. I, I did it uh, a lot as a young kid and I loved it. Uh, but there was one thing about swimming lessons that I absolutely, I hated it. Uh, you see, our swimming instructor would take us out to the deep end of the pool where our feet wouldn't touch the ground anymore. And he'd pull out his, his watch and he'd be like, all right, start treading water. And he'd time us. And that time seemed to like stretch on for eternity. Now, if you didn't take swimming lessons, you're probably not having like nightmarish flat flashbacks to like this torture. Um, but let me help you visualize it for a second. Imagine you're, you're there in the water, can't touch the ground, and so you're kicking your legs as hard as you can. You're waving your arms back and forth like a tree branch in a hurricane, and you're stretching out your neck as far as you can just to keep your chin above water. And your muscles, they begin burning, and you're, you're starting to worry. And you have this sense that if this all doesn't end soon, the instructor is going to have to make a really unfortunate call to your parents and uh, let them know they need to start planning the funeral. Um, treading water was the worst. Um, and what made it even more awful was when I would look around, it would seem a lot like everyone else was doing just fine. It didn't look like they were struggling at all. And so here I am, inches from death, thinking that there must be something wrong with me because no one else seems to be feeling the same. Now, I bring this up because if you're like many of us parents, this is what life often feels like. Busyness and a sense of drowning seems to be the natural state of life with kids. You know, there's always something that needs to be done, whether it's getting them to the next soccer game or helping them with their homework or making sure they're eating healthy or, uh, you know, doing the laundry so they can have clean clothes. And often it seems like there's no end in sight to all of it. Um, and th there's that one point during the night where there's that, like, that sweet moment when, when your kids have finally been tucked into bed and, and they've already had their, like, their fifth extra trip to the washroom and their second drink of water and their third hug, that moment when they can finally uh, settle in and you finally get the moment to relax. 
at this point, most of us feel so tired uh, that we just want to sit on the couch and watch some Netflix and relax. We just want to de-stress and decompress after all the busyness and noise of the day. And then after a few hours, we crawl into bed and wait for the next day to arrive so we can start the process all over again. And we haven't even talked about you know, the stress and the busyness of, uh, of work and, and a lot of other stuff that comes into it. At times, it feels like we are just being pulled through this life and our only goal is keeping our heads above water. For some of us, we can't even imagine trying to do anything more because we are so tired. And what makes this feel worse is that most of us parents feel like we should be doing more. We have a sense that we should be doing better. But our, our vision and energy some days just feels non-existent. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall, mount up on, they shall mount up with eagles, wings like eagles, that they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Yeah, so I think, you know, those of us who are weary, we need to learn to lean into God, to trust him, to wait on him. Uh, he promises to give us the strength we need. Now there's... Uh, there's a phrase I've heard a lot of times from a, a guy named Pastor Craig Rochelle. He puts it like this. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips those that he's called. Now, all of us have been called to raise our kids and to teach them to follow Jesus. This is a divine calling on each and every one of our lives. And God isn't asking us to just like muscle down and grind our teeth and fight through this all on our own. He has given us himself to draw strength from, to find rest in. He's also given us the church, the body of Christ, to come alongside of us for us to work together to build each other up in this most holy faith. Now it says in, uh, in 2 Peter 2, verse 13, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He's given us everything we need. My question for all of us is, are we walking in what he's given us? Uh, you know, you, you can't pour water from an empty cup. And here's the thing. The, the main point of what we're, we're driving to tonight is if we want to be able to invest well in our kids, if we want to be able to raise up the rising generations to love and to follow Jesus, then this whole thing, it starts with you and with me being well connected to Jesus ourselves. You know, this can't be one of those things where we say, you know, do as I say, not as I do it. It won't work in this situation. Uh, we need to lead the way in this by making sure that we ourselves are filled up and overflowing with all that God has for us. And so I want to encourage you guys. Um, we're going to post some questions uh, underneath uh, this video. I want you guys to engage in it. Um, this is about conversation. It's not just about a teaching thing. We want to, we want to chat with you guys. Also feel free to, to just message us or inbox us if you want to talk more about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, but we want to we want to encourage you guys to really look at how you're connecting to God, how you're investing in your relationship with God. Uh, build that strong. D develop a strong foundation in your own life before uh, looking to to share it with others. So, with that said, we're going to close uh, close this conversation and uh, hopefully pick it up in the comment section. See ya. <laughs>